Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, welcome to the place where grace is embraced and sin has been removed without a trace. I'm Cap with Joel. Growing in Grace in your is face. on the air. In so your in your face. face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can rhyme to that. I can handle that one. That's good. That's yeah. good stuff. The church needs more catchphrases like that. <laughs> well, I don't think we have a shortage of those. I'm not sure about the content in yeah, the Yeah, whether they're based on the truth or not. Yes. But, oh, hey, so how you been? Well, hectic day, but we're getting over it. And, uh, yeah, lawnmower today, blowing out a whole bunch of smoke, toilet overflowing, and I had the worst part of today, I had to sit in a church meeting. <laughs> Ah, anyway, I'm just joking and, there, folks. Just having fun. And you lived fun. to tell about and it. And I lived to tell about it. And, and in that church meeting, I did hear quite a few catchphrases. <laughs> but, and the, the thing about, you know, bringing up this whole thing about catchphrases is that, is that it's true. In the church, there are so many catchphrases. You'll see them on bumper stickers. You'll see them on refrigerators. And you'll hear them in the pulpit or on Christian radio or whatever. And the thing about them is... Is it grounded in the truth? If you hear something clever that somebody says, so many people can come up with so many clever things to say, but is it is there really truth in it? You know, like the whole confess your sins, like we've been talking about lots on this program. It's a popular saying that whenever you sin, you can just run to Jesus and confess your sins and he'll forgive you. But like we talked about a few weeks ago, sin has been taken away. And so some of these catchphrases, we don't, we don't need them. They're not really grounded in the truth. And uh, one of the things that's going around these days, Cap, you and I would be kind of considered by some people to be in the uh, grace camp or the hyper grace <laughs> camp, teaching hyper grace. This hyper grace, 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 that's all they ever talk about is grace. And uh, it's dangerous. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, about, you know, not really wanting to be defensive about the whole thing, but talking about why we believe that grace isn't dangerous. You know, talking about grace isn't leading people to error, but is actually helping people because grace is the essence of life. Well, there are people out there in uh, largely legalistic rooted theology. And let's face it, if you've been listening to us for any length of time, you know that we're really not down on, on church. We're, we're not. Right. I mean, we're not down, you know, we're not against the concept of, of believers gathering together, institutional church or otherwise. That's just, we're just not, we're just not trying to bash church, okay? Exactly. But having said that, there's just a, a lot of organized religious leaders out there, religious leaders in organized ministries that are rooted and grounded in a certain amount of legalistic theology. I was a part of that for many years. Yeah, me too. Either as uh, an attendee, a learner of the sermon, and in some cases uh, a teacher of the sermon with uh, small groups and, and young people and so forth. I, because I was just going along with the system that I had been brought up in. 
And what I had been taught, I was passing on to others because most of it at the time made good sense to me. Eventually, I came to the conclusion that some things were not making sense. And so, fortunately, I was thrusted into the the good news of grace and, and what the gospel really is. And we've got hundreds of past podcasts where you can find out where we've been coming from on that if this happens to be your first time listening to us. But so some of these people out there now using this term hyper-grace and pointing their fingers at people who believe solely in the finished work of Jesus Christ as being sufficient, his blood as being sufficient for our right standing with him. The the concern here, Joel, I think from a lot of these people, and I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of them have sincere hearts. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're bad people or anything like that. But And that's another reason why we don't want to knock, why we're not knocking the church. Because we do believe that people have good hearts. You know, right. It, just, and, and it I, might just be off a little bit compared to what we, we, our understanding of things. Yeah, might even be off uh, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a lot but, of cases. Yeah, but even some of the articles I've read where some of these people are just expressing their concern about this thing they call hyper-grace, I can, I can see in some of their, in some of their writings that they, they are you know, concerned from a, a, a sincere... Genuine, sincere... Yeah, they're, gen, they're genuine. Uh, they're sincerely wrong, but they're sincere. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I think one of the biggest complaints or the concerns that, that some of these people have in the traditional church world, I guess, is that we grace people, that we're, we're soft on sin, Joel. We're just this message of grace that we teach without getting into the specifics of what we teach right now. It's going to cause people to to want to do the wrong things. That they'll sin more. We're going to give them a license to do the wrong thing. And uh, I think we can we can maybe talk about some of this. Yeah, I think it's good to to at least address it, just so that people do understand. What, for one thing, where we're coming from, where you and I are coming from. Because if I think if some people see even just the titles of some of our podcast episodes, or they hear just a little bit of what we're saying, it it might be misunderstood by people as you know, we're just, we're soft on sin, or we think that uh, it's okay when people just go out and do all these uh, sinful, evil deeds because that doesn't matter anymore. Uh, or they might think that for some reason that we think that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't active in people's lives because they believe, a lot of these people believe, that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to convict people of sin. Uh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He goes around convicting people of sin. And of course, we say the opposite. We believe that the Holy Spirit convicts or convinces people of righteousness because we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so when we talk about all this identity stuff, the identity of the of uh, people who are in Christ, and that grace, when I say that, the catchphrase that we use a lot, that grace is the essence of life, we base that on what we believe the fullness of the scriptures to say, uh, the fullness of the new covenant scriptures. And so we, we understand, again, where, these, where a lot of people are coming from, but to perhaps um, address some of this stuff, we can maybe talk about why we believe what we believe and why we believe that grace isn't dangerous, but rather why grace is the essence of life in Christ and, and why grace is so good for us and not evil or dangerous. Yeah, and we'll be the first ones to say, look, sin is bad. It's a real bad deal. And we've said it on this program before. It will cause pain in people's lives. 
sowing to the flesh is not a good thing. It can cause a lot of heartache out there. That I mean, the, it's not that individual sins have stopped existing, you know, and we talk about sin being wiped out at the cross. So we're not here to say that, you know, we're not here to encourage you to just go do whatever you want, good, bad, or ugly. We're, we're, we're not saying that. We've, we've never said that. I know some of what we've taught, people will interpret it that way, but they just aren't hearing the whole story that we're trying to communicate. You know, one guy, you know, wrote, wrote an article, Joel, about this, concerned about this whole movement that they call hyper grace. First of all, the, the first question I ask is, when can you have too much grace? Because I mean, <laughs> even in his article, he suggests that, uh, you know, we, we can't go a minute a day without grace. Well, then, okay. I mean, what, you can't have it both ways. You, there's always this, here's the problem with traditional religianity, and that is you, there's always this need or this desire to mix law and grace. Therein lies the problem, and this is where we separate, I mean, this is where we part ways, I guess, between us grace people and the others. Because, he went, he went on to say something like, okay, well, while the moral law doesn't save us, he says, it is still in effect as a guide and standard for righteous living, but the ceremonial law is no longer in effect and has been totally done away with. Well, I can show you, sir, in Galatians, where Paul referred to that law of the moral law that you're talking about as the ministry of bondage. In, in, in Second Corinthians, as, as the ministry of, of death, the bottom line is we have no zero, zippo relationship to the law. It's the Holy Spirit in us with new life that we live out of, nothing to do with rules and regulations. And this concern that we somehow ignore the Old Testament, we don't ignore the Old Testament. At least we don't. We never have. I don't spend as much time in the Old Testament because really what the Old Testament is, in a way, it's, it's Christ concealed where the New Testament becomes Christ revealed. And you can't be talking about the Old Testament trying to communicate things from that covenant without having knowledge of the New Covenant because what we're looking back on is Jesus sat down with his disciples after he rose again and he began to teach them the Old Testament and Old Covenant scriptures the Psalms and, and the law and the prophets and how he fulfilled them and how they all pointed to him. So it's, it's all about that. And, and so some, of these, some of these arguments about us grace people, you know, being down on the law and being down on the Old Testament, some of it, the way it's being communicated just isn't true. Right. A lot of what they're saying really, a lot, sometimes it's straw arguments that are built up, and then they argue against the straw argument that, that even misses the point of really what we are teaching and, and sharing and trying to encourage people in. And I think um, the bottom line for me, and there might be more we had to say on this, but as we get ready to wrap up this program in a minute or two, the thing about grace, and the reason I call it the, the essence of life, is because Paul said so many things. The Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And he talks about how he labored more than the other apostles. He did a lot of really good work for the gospel. And, but he says, but it wasn't me, it was, it was grace. It was the grace of God that was with me. And even on the issue of sin, Paul in the Bible, in, in Titus, he wrote that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That's what grace does. 
So what if a person is walking around in sin and uh, walking around in a whole bunch of things that we know aren't good, that we know are only harming uh, that person and other people? You know, we in the church, you'll hear, well, that person needs to be convicted of sin. But no, that person needs to be convicted, convinced of the righteous standing that they have with God and the new creation that they are in Christ. That's the difference right there. See, we're not ignoring the sin, pro- the, the sin problem. And again, not the problem that sin has been, because sin has been taken away. But like you said, Cap, the individual sins and wrong things that we do, that hasn't gone out of the way. They still hurt people. People still do things like that. But the answer to that isn't the conviction of sins. It's the conviction of righteousness. That's where we're coming from. If people can understand their identity in Christ and the grace of God that teaches them to deny those things, and not only that teaches people to deny those things, but teaches people how to live as the new creation that they are. That's what grace does. That is what people need. All right, we're out of time for this one, but next week, let's talk a little bit more about this phrase known as hyper-grace and how those who are against it may be insulting the finished work of Jesus Christ next week on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.